This episode of the Columbia Basin Herald's Studio Basin Podcast is brought to you by the Moses Lake Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber works to help businesses in and around Moses Lake flourish through networking opportunities, member-to-member savings for products and services, and connecting businesses with the resources they need to make Moses Lake a wonderful place to live, work, and play. For more information, visit moseslake.com or call the Chamber at 509-765-7888. Again, that's moseslake.com or 509-765-7888. Well, a happy Friday after Thanksgiving. This is Charles Featherstone, senior reporter with the Columbia Basin Herald, and I'm here with staff writer Joel Martin and sports reporter Ian Bavona. And uh, we're here to talk a little bit about what happened in the basin this week. So we are going to start out with the city of Moses Lake passing its $110 million budget for 2023. Uh, That budget... Um, is very interesting. Of that, the general fund, the stuff that covers most of what we see the city doing, police protection, fire department, uh, running city hall, the parks and recreation department, that's about $35 million. Um, and the rest of that, a lot of it is separate funds, like, you know, $15 million for a new police police department. Uh, police chief here is getting his new police department there on North Central Drive near the Goodwill, right across from Smulligan's. So um, I think we know where the MLPD will be having lunch. (laughs) We'll have some well-fed cops. (laughs) Oh, we're all going to get tickets. Uh, (laughs) I didn't make any donut jokes, did you? No, I did not make any donut (laughs) jokes. Um, and, and, you know, other things, water, sewer, that sort of thing. I, I will say this. One of the things I find, I, I find, and I have found for the last five years or so that I have been, five and a half, six years that I've been working here, um, is I find the budgeting process really, really frustrating because most of the cities, as they announce their budgets and release their budgets, do expenditures but don't do their revenue. So it is, it is hard. In fact, the only city, shout out to Afreda, the only city that did a really good job of outlining where their revenue came from was the city of Afreda. Um, and so I, am, I have asked the city of Moses Lake for some, for some breakdowns. Of course, their city council meeting was on Tuesday, and Wednesday was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and I wasn't getting a lot of information that day, but mm-hmm. we still don't know. But I understand, you know, what the state of Washington zero, zeroing out that they ha- can't spend any more money than they don't have. Or, you know, in the case in the case of 2023, for example, the city of Moses Lake is anticipating $97.8 million worth of revenue, um, and they are making up for the difference between the 97.8 and 111 million dollars by taking from their um, existing fund balance. Uh, I, based on based on the, the the budgeting documents, they expect to have an existing fund balance at the beginning of 2023 of about 47 million. So they will they will take from that, and that will help pay for things. So. Um, yeah, that's the that's the city's budget. Um, they're getting some new staff people. And you mentioned something, Joel, about the uh, solar panels on that, the top of City Hall that are apparently going to be coming in 2023. <laughs> that kind of caught my eye because I, I remember interviewing Bob Hall, the architect who designed it, and a Moses Lake native, I might add, um, back in 2010 or 11 when the project first started. And one of the things that he had emphasized was um, the the energy efficiency of that building, you know, our, our climate here in the basin gets pretty, swings pretty far mm-hmm. one way and the other. We get cold, we get hot, we're never anywhere in between, really. <laughs> and that building is designed with all the glass and, and everything to be um, as stable as possible with as little energy expenditure as possible. 
And I, I know that he was planning on solar panels being a part of it. He had um, designed it with that in mind. And I'm, honestly, I'm a little surprised it's taken this long to do it. Well, for the amount of sun we have here. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it looks like they will be doing that. They're also going to be paving three new streets, uh, three streets that are currently gravel. There apparently is a city program to slowly take gravel streets and turn them over to pavement. So that will happen as well. Um, aside from that, don't we don't have an awful lot more to say about that today. Um, so on Thursday, I uh, spent a little bit of time over at uh, Rick's Eatery and Entertainment. Uh, that is about three doors down from where our offices are. They were having the, the Thanksgiving Day meal, and I had a talk with Paul Carney. He is the business owner, uh, the owner of EWCS, and with uh, he he more or less brought this into being. So it was just good. They Rick had a whole. Um, back room converted to this tablecloths, the whole bit. It was it was very very impressive. They they served over four hundred meals. So from what I understand, so as if we needed another reason to love this town. Well, you know, lots of reasons to love Moses Lake. Yeah, so. but I, I love that our community. We have people in our community that will do that. Yes, yes, especially after COVID sort of put things kitty wumpus. Mm -hmm. So so shout out to everybody for their work on that. All the volunteers who came together. The next segment of the Studio Basin Podcast is brought to you by the readers of the Columbia Basin Herald. The paper serves the entirety of Grant and Adams counties in central and eastern Washington, which has strong traditions in agriculture, industry, and taking care of one another. The Columbia Basin Herald is grateful to our readers for their support and to our advertisers who support our efforts to keep the communities we serve informed. All right, Ian, short week, but we obviously had some sports going on. Definitely, definitely. This week, we're going to start out with some college football. All right. I know the Apple Cup is on everybody's minds here in Washington State. Mm -hmm. um, rivalry week, obviously the last week of the season where everyone's playing their big rivals. So this week, we've got the number 13 Washington Huskies, uh, number 13 from the college football playoff rankings, traveling to Pullman to take on the Cougars. Uh, the Apple Cup's obviously something that's felt throughout the entire college football, really everything. You feel mm -hmm. it all the way down to recruiting. Uh, quarterback Cam Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward said on a press conference on Tuesday that the first thing he saw when he was being recruited to Pullman was the trophy, the Apple Cup trophy. <laughs> so uh, their head coach, Jake Dickert, really shows, uh, is really showing that win off. They broke that seven-year loss streak last week to Washington, um, and they're really proud of that trophy. So they're hoping to get it back again this year. Um, something that the Cougars are really going to have to prep for is the University of Washington pass attack. Quarterback Michael Penix Jr. is leading the country in, or is leading the FBS in passing yards of the season. He's got over 3,800 pass yards through the first 11 games, so that's quite a feat to say the least. Um, luckily for the Cougars, they had a little bit of prep last week. They faced off against Arizona another really pass-heavy offense, and they intercept and they intercepted four passes last week. So we'll see if they can build off that in what's really going to be a very exciting Apple Cup. I know I'm excited to watch it, and a lot of Cougars and uh, Husky fans around the state are excited as well. So moving on, let's move into a little bit of pro uh, recap. Last week for the Seahawks, it was a bye week, so not too much going on there. Uh, after their loss in Germany to the Tampa Bay Bucks two weeks ago, now, this week, they're preparing to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Raiders give up the sixth most yards per game this season and are giving up 24.2 points per game. 
uh, for the Raiders offense. They're about middle of the pack in the NFL. They're uh, they're scoring 22.5 points per game, and uh, yardage totals, they're at 30, they're, uh, 342.3. So they're a really kind of pass-heavy offense, especially with the addition of Devontae Adams in the offseason. So we'll see if that Seahawks secondary, which has really shined throughout the year, uh, especially fifth-round pick Tariq Woolen. Uh, we'll see if maybe he can get another interception this week. I think he's got about five this year already, um, so see if he can get another one. And then for the Kraken, they've gone back to their winning ways. After two straight losses, they've now won three straight games. They had overtime wins, uh, back-to-back three-to-two overtime wins against the New York Rangers and the Los Angeles Kings. And they set the franchise record. I know it's not a long franchise uh, history, <laughs> but they set the franchise record in goals scored in a game uh, in their 8-5 to five win over the San Jose Sharks on, I believe it was Tuesday. Oh, nice. So, nice offensive output for them uh, getting back in the win column. Right now, they're 11-5-3. Second in the Pacific Division. They got 25 points. They're behind the Kings right now. Uh, they got a road trip coming up this week. Tonight, they're playing at Vegas, and they're traveling to Anaheim and the Los Angeles Kings. See if they can make up some ground in that division. So moving into a bit of local, um, we're, enter- we're entering the final two weeks of the fall sports season. The only uh, local game that we've got going on this week is Royal Football. I know it's a shocker. They're playing late <laughs> in the season. Um, they're taking on the number one seed Royal Knights are taking on the number 12 seed Freeman Scotties. Um, Freeman, to get to the, this is the semifinals of the 1A state football playoffs. To get to this point, Freeman upset number five Kings 28 to 13 and number four, Eatonville, 23-17 last week. Uh, Royal head coach Wiley Allred said that um, despite Freeman being a number 12 seed, seedings don't really matter at this point. Uh, it's the semifinals of the state playoffs, so obviously anybody to make the Final Four is going to be a really good squad. Um, Royal is going to have to prepare for quarterback Bowen Phelps. He's a dual-threat guy, can get it done through the air and with his legs. And uh, Wiley Allred said that's most of their biggest plays comes on broken plays where, you know, the wide receivers can't get open and then Phelps is scrambling around, stuff like that. So that'll be something interesting to prepare for. That's um, always a challenge going against a dual threat guy like that. The game is actually going to be played at Lions Field at Moses Lake and kickoff for them is at 3 p.m. Nice. Yeah, so it's a short trip for me. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, last week, the Othello Huskies saw their season end in a... 20 to 17 loss to Enumclaw, uh, back and forth game. Um, Enumclaw scored to go up 20 to 9 late in the fourth quarter. Othello uh, scored again to make it 20 to 17, got the two point conversion, but they could not recover the onside kick. So their season ends on the road. They finished the year 9 and 2. And it was their last week, two weeks ago, they had their first playoff win in nine years, I believe. So uh, good to see that they're really building something and I was talking with their defensive coordinator on Monday, and he's just as excited to see that uh, younger players that are going to be going into the program in future years are seeing, like, oh, hey, like, Othello can do this. Like, um, so that's exciting for them, and really building building for the future. So that's about it for uh, fall sports this week. Next week, we've got winter sports start- season starting. Uh, Royal girls basketball and Warden girls and boys basketball both play on Tuesday. Those are the first games of the winter sports season for us. I know I'm excited to watch some basketball. I love basketball. So uh, excited for that to start getting around. And that's pretty much it for sports this week. Thank you, Ian. 
Well, the Studio Basin Podcast is produced by the Columbia Basin Herald, a local newspaper serving Grant and Adams counties in Washington State. Our publisher is Clint Schroeder, and our regional general manager is Bob Richardson. Our managing editor is Rob Miller, and our reporting staff consists of senior reporter Charles Featherstone, senior reporter Cheryl Schweitzer, staff writer and paginator Joel Martin, staff writer Rebecca Pettingill, and sports reporter Ian Bivona. The Columbia Basin Herald is published five days a week in print and online. The paper's website is www.columbiabasinherald.com. To provide feedback on the paper or the podcast, please email us at editor at columbiabasinherald.com. This is Charles Featherstone for the Columbia Basin Herald saying thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week.